Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. What's going on, guys? You're listening to the Everyday Struggle Podcast. I'm Nadeska here with my guys DJ Academics and Wayno, running through some of the biggest stories of the week and also discussing some of the benefits and challenges of artist-manager relationships. After dropping two albums last year, Future took a little hiatus and returned with Beast Mode 2 on July 6th, but the guys weren't feeling it as much as the original tape with Zaytoven, which dropped back in 2015. A lot to talk about here, but one, people thought it was ironic that this dropped on Ciara and Russell Wilson's anniversary. But besides that, did you guys enjoy this project? Is it everything you wanted from Future? Future petty. <laughs> that guy is petty, man. I don't, he is Future it, it would be like one of them top commenters on the shade room. He is petty <laughs> oh, wow. as fuck. Damn. But um, uh, the, the project is cool, yo. I'm not going to lie. I expect a little bit more. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, Zaytoven and Future is not my favorite thing like i was just going over like the discography earlier and like beast mode is one of my favorite joints with future and like i love future and metro and i love future and 808 mafia more Mm. you know but um i mean it's it's cool it's not special to me like yeah well when i think about beast mode just just like like when you think about monster like you think about that run and, and you know what for a lot of artists, we as fans, we try to match everything they do to, to, the when, last. to when they were on that run. That right. magical run where they can't do no wrong. Every song's a fucking smash. They're just dropping it like it's crazy. And Future now, I think he's in a different space in his career. Yeah. Like Future, it felt like Future personally felt like he had to drop a song every 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Like he couldn't like, yo, let's get him out. Now he's a much different artist. The, the project is cool. I felt like it lacked the impact. Absolutely. I felt like like when when um, Beast Mode dropped, that shit hit the streets running. Yeah, like it felt like I was hearing it everywhere, even if you didn't hear it yourself. I feel like this dropped in. There's a couple dope songs on it. You know that, 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 that the Wi-Fi lit joint that's super yeah, popping. But songs on there. It, it's it hasn't had that impact yet. And um, me listening to, it, I'm like. Okay. Well, I mean, I gotta, more, um, I'm sorry. sorry go I was just going to say more pressure also when you make it a sequel. I feel like people's right, yeah, expectations yeah. are immediately going to be pretty I'm high. I'm not a fan of sequel albums or projects only because, like, you can't recreate that chemistry or that mode you was in when you when you did it. No matter, just because you're using the same producer and correction, you know, you my you favorite. You won't watch a throne too? You know you do. 
Do I want to watch the throne too? Pass. Yeah. Jay's never gonna do that. Yeah, album. it's probably We're never good. gonna happen. <laughs> We're but good I, I would. No, I, I mean, I would love to hear Jay and Kanye again one day, but mm-hmm. I don't. You How? Know, if it's not right, if it's if it's not the same, like if it's not a continuation of that. But correction, my favorite tape from Future was like Monster. But um, another thing that I haven't listened to that I heard is a lot of is Future Heavy is the um Superfly soundtrack because mm-hmm. they is like that's like kind of like a uh, remember the Free Band Gang tape. Mm-hmm. Like, it was kind of like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so I, I'm going to go listen to that because I haven't checked that out in a minute yet. But um, it was cool. Like, I'm not mad at it, but it's not. it doesn't wow me. If Future's past run is any indication of what's to come, we're likely getting more music soon. But a series of tweets from the Atlanta rapper makes it clear that he feels like he's not getting enough credit for his work. I matched up how I felt about this um, particular project with how I felt about his last called project, and then I matched it up with a Twitter rant that you went on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his Twitter rant was And, great. you know, he did Super Slimy with Thug, mm-hmm. the, the, the Superfly soundtrack as well, yeah. right? So. And before that, he had his two albums that dropped back-to-back weeks, Future and Hendrix. And, as, like, when I saw that this Twitter rant... I, the only thing that came to mind, and Future's my guy. Mm-hmm. I call him Future Vandross, okay? <laughs> only thing that came to mind is, like, Future might be watching the game, like, go past him. And what I mean by that is that, like, you could see when an artist is pointing out, like, yo, remember I birthed all y'all, like, still right. love me. Like, <laughs> it, it's, it, it's like it wasn't... He wasn't getting that love, and I was looking on social media. He wasn't getting all the love right. like he normally gets. So you know, he said, "This should be a future high." Right, but the thing is, also, so much music has been coming out. Right, he's been mm. a little bit quiet. It's not like he dropped a few singles and like led up to it. Right, it came out of nowhere. He said, "I gracefully gave you a style to run with, like it was your own. Thank you. Please scroll down. I can't see the tweets." Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, your titles, your flows came from me. Your Atlas mind. One of them is say your hoes came from me. And by the way, I think he started off by saying. He said, he said, I'm tired of being humble, all of you little niggas. And he I'm said, still thank tr- me. Yeah, I'm yeah. still trying to figure out who he's talking to mm-hmm. because he put no name, address, yeah. zip code on this. But um, It's kind of, you know what, the whole thing with this is, like, I had a conversation with Styles P one time, and Styles P was saying, like, like now in music, he's like an elder statesman. So he's kind of, like, more on the side of ushering in the new guys and like kind of like helping them understand where they need to go to have longevity and the whole thing about when i seen this for future i'm just like yo you don't really need to do any of that shit like you don't need to say any of that because when you look at where atlanta's at right now it is a ton of new guys that's running and killing shit but future's older than all of them Mm -hmm. right and this is a young man's game no matter what, like I don't. LeBron is not always gonna be LeBron. Kobe is not always gonna hold be Kobe. Now. Like hold up now. <laughs> nah, seriously. I mean, it, it comes a point where I don't think future, futures, um, his skill has declined. But I just think that we're in a, a, a time where everybody's looking for the next new thing, and he gave us so much. Like when I look at this discography, I mean, he dropped more shit in the past five years than people have dropped in ten or fifteen years. Mm-hmm. So it's like he gave so much. I don't think he burnt himself out, but he gave so much that now everybody's like, all right, well, let me jump on this new guy, jump on that new guy. And Future, even with all of that said, he still has his space. Like his, You can't move him out of his space. And I think he's a legend yeah. for what he does. But that rant was just kind of, that shit threw me off. Because I'm like, well, he, like, he don't have to do that. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's why I say impact. Because, you know, like we could look at numbers and like he's projected to do like 60, 65,000. But it's a mixtape. Yeah, it's not. Just throw it out there. And I do believe he's one of these artists that 
that he's graduated to the point where he'll always do good sales-wise. Yeah. But will it have that impact where you hear everybody bumping it? Because he's making it for a particular crowd. Yeah. Like, trap niggas is for a particular crowd, even yeah. though everybody plays it. And the impact is when you go to the club or wherever, everybody bumping that future. I don't know with this particular project. And, and, and artists, I do believe they feel that. that sometimes that frustration comes with probably saying, wait, y'all don't love me no more? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Nicki's had that a couple of times. Absolutely. Too. Like, Yo, y'all, wait, y'all don't fuck but, with me. Like, if, even with Future, I'm looking for more, like, for me, as much as he's put out, I'm looking to see more shit from Casino. Because, like, you know, his artist Casino, yeah. he had a lot of dope shit, like, on Future tapes, and I never really see him get to that point. Then you got Zoe. You got the dude Joe Moses. Like, he got a few people on... Dope Boy? Yeah, yeah, he got a few dope people, but I think that he put out so much, he hasn't had the time to put into their shit. So it'd be cool to see Future, like, just as a, an executive, fo- focus on their shit a bit more. You know what I mean? As opposed to giving us these rants. Because yeah. we already, Future going to do what he do every time. I think when you're ambitious, like, anyone ambitious, you're always going to feel that frustration, like you're not yeah. doing enough. But, like, that's in his head. I think he should know that, like, to the outside world. Even if he takes two years off, we still we're going to be here. We're, like, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? We we're never going to not like, listen. Real shit. And one thing I didn't realize, Future, remember all that bullshit we told you about stop dropping music so frequently? Fuck that. Drop it more. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, honestly, when he was flooding the, sh- the, the streets with music and... and even though sometimes it felt like it was definitely quantity or quality, I'm not saying the shit was ever whack, but you would get like three, four dope tracks off this project, mm-hmm. and then the next project you get three, four dope joints. Remember, you dropped Evil, and then he he it was right after uh, DS2. It was a lot, right? It was a run. It still kept like us updated with a new one, right? Mm-hmm. When you've been absent for a while, it's like, okay. Like this was you back with, yeah. you know what I mean? And now we have a higher we have a higher expectations because you haven't dropped all the time. When you're dropping all the time, we know we're gonna get a bunch of misses <laughs> and hopefully a hit. And this shit is so fickle. Meanwhile, fresh off of his double album Scorpion, which officially has the highest first week sales of any 2018 project, Drake took the opportunity to send a few shots at Kanye on his behind bars freestyle, confirming that this beef is far from over. Got slew, throwing up six like man had flu. I got way too big off views. Back to the basics, I won't lose. They wanna link when they got no tunes. They too worried about selling out shoes. I don't give a fuck about jeans or crap or going to Milan or going to the Met. Once he says they're too worried about selling out shoes, I mean, it's pretty obvious who he's talking about. Why is this still happening? Is he gonna keep going until Kanye responds? We thought it was over. Man, he got some stuff on his chest, man. You know what? This weekend gave me a lot of clarity. Because I, just like you guys, was sitting here this whole time saying, what the fuck is going on with Drake? Get at the nigga who sent the shots, not the guy who hired the shooter. But after this weekend and some more things coming to light and, you know, the, the industry talks, man, Drake got a right to keep going at Kanye, man. Kanye, for all intents and purposes, um, is guilty if this is correct. And I'll explain what the stuff I'm hearing. Espionage but, but, act. Okay. Here we go. Espionage, yeah. act. Espionage act. Ninja act. Kanye's a snake, okay? All right, this is what I'm hearing. Because if the story plays out right, and by the way, these it's, it's well known within people who fuck with Kanye and have worked with Kanye on these albums, and also Drake side, uh, pretty much Drake got called, went to Wyoming to write for Kanye, he goes there and he says, you know what I mean? On, like, you can imagine, you've been in the studio, rappers. Like, it, it's very custom that, okay, you play me some, some of your shit, I play you some of mine. Right. Drake plays uh, the track that he intends to be like a big reveal. Um, but of course, he tells them about all the Adidas stuff. You know, they have the Adidas bond now. They're like Adidas brothers, right? Right. <laughs> I guess. 
Everything is all good. He writes Kanye a smash. He leaves. And I never understood certain things until it's all in context. Okay. So, so first of all, I didn't understand why he just put out Duppy Freestyle. Him and Pusha T have been trading shots for years yeah. on songs, right. and he never felt like he was in a rush to put out a record after Pusha said something. Right. Nor did Pusha feel like he had to put out a record when Drake said something. Mm. This was different. But if you think about it in context, I just came from Wyoming and I helped you write a bunch of hits, right? And now, and I'm talking about Kanye, and now you produced a track for your artist, and by the way, you're the executive producer on this album, right. and you produced a beat, where he's almost slick dissing me about the exact thing I came out here to help you do. I came out here to help you write a track, and you have a slick line on your artist track about me and ghostwriting? Mm -hmm. And he's done that before. So he yeah. helped him on Pablo too, right? So this yeah, has been and, happening for some and, time. And, and I think also Drake probably is thinking like, if anybody, and, and again, for me, even until the, up until this weekend, I was like, man, you got to get it, Pusha. But feeling betrayed, clearly that's why he's going at Kanye. Now, let me speed this up. I can hear Wayne. He's stretching like he want to get into the game. You see this nigga? He's like a whole type of LeBron shit. What's up with this guy? So, <laughs> so he drops a Duppy freestyle. So he's like, all right, I'm going to answer to the exact same thing that you just tried to like slick this me on up. Right. Ghostwriting. I just did the same thing for you. I came over there. Y'all ain't had no tracks. Yeah. And you hear he keeps bringing that up. Y'all didn't have no tunes. Mm -hmm. Did y'all like the Yay album? You ain't got a Did you like the Yay album? We already had our okay. I think we've already okay. said okay. no, yeah. No, so no feel about that so uh, the, the standout track happens to be the track that Drake wrote. So after that, we all know what happened. Pusha T hits him with a story. Addy Dawn, and you could know. You could, you, could, you could just imagine how flustered he is because everything that he told Kanye oh. came out oh, through Addy. Pusha T. Right. Now, I think it's snakish. Why did he go so hard at Pusha, though, and not harder at Ye to begin with? Why did well, well, if he was the one he was ultimately so well, mad at. Right. Well, Dup, well, Duppy Freestyle was more going at Ye. There was more bars there for Ye. But we said, though, look, look, see, we said that, though. We were saying that, I said that Duppy Freestyle was more at Ye than it was Pusha. But we didn't understand why. It, nothing made sense with how Drake was moving. If, if anything, it gives a little context to these back and forths. Mm -hmm. Because really, we're looking at Drake and say, damn, you really got nothing for Pusha. But in reality, he's saying... Push is like a pawn, and no disrespect intended, but Pusha is a mouthpiece or Pusha is being empowered by a guy who I helped and a guy who I thought we were close enough to not get certain things into it. Uh, Don't, okay, okay. So this is why I'm saying if this story is true. Mm -hmm. I played you my track. You know this is some, this is a reveal that I'm going to do on my album. Mm -hmm. You tell your mans. Your man's now puts it out like I'm a deadbeat dad right. playing Border Patrol. <laughs> I'm hiding a child. Now, first of all, the narrative is already ruined. So Drake is trying to come out like he was trying to have a little dope moment. Like, you remember when, when James rapping the Blue Ivy and all that? Like, yeah. he's trying to talk to his kid. Right. Now it's all ruined because perception is everything. Pusha T already hit him with the Mori. You're the father. You're a deadbeat. <laughs> Fucks it all up. What would be Kanye's motivation to do, do this? So he's had an interesting okay. relationship with Drake over the years. They've collaborated. He's defended him, like, with the Rolling Stone article. Why would he do this, especially if you want to come back and ask for more music in the future? And before I jump in, the last okay. thing I'll say, because, again, this is, 
speaking to a lot of people because I couldn't understand. Kanye seems like a very great guy. <laughs> I've heard certain things about Kanye that even I don't want to believe. You know what I mean? But but jealousy comes into play. Mm. And and for me, this is what I thought about before having these conversations with many people. I said, Kanye don't even seem like a jealous type of guy. He seems like he has his own lane, right? Like he's he's comparing himself with like Warhol and people like that. He's not trying to like be the top rapper in the game. But then right? he got on stage and called out Drake and Khaled for having too many hits, and Drake clearly felt a way about it. I feel like he addressed it in an interview. They made up. They went back to the studio, and then here we are again. That's so, a tough relationship. Here you go. Nadesh. Wait, no, wait, no. Right, let's hear so your take on this. It's Kanye's snake, man. Come on, man. It's Kanye's snake. Or is I, that a snake move? I don't. It's two ways to look at it, right? I think, from your perspective of how you explained it, that's a way to look at it as a, as a snake move, right? Another way to look at it is he rocked them to sleep. Because, and I'm going to tell you how you... <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, I'm going to I'm, rock him to sleep. And I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Because, all right, we all know Push and Drake been having a sh... Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It for years, whatever the case may be. Now, if you knew that your man is about to beef with somebody and you got something that he can use, why wouldn't you give it to him? He played, no matter how many records he give him or whatever he helped him with, we all know that we don't look at Kanye the same way we look at Drake. Look at Drake in terms of rappers. Like Drake is not a producer. Producers have always had help writing. Drake is more of a, a rapper. Mm-hmm. And even with that being said, I don't think that everybody has written everything for Drake. I know the motherfucker can rap, right? But that was just a bait. That's what we said from before. I said that that was just a bait when we first heard the um, infrared record, right? By the way, the desk could take note. This is how Harlem niggas get down. <laughs> <laughs> This side of Harlem niggas get down. So you explain. No, no, listen. This I'm is just, how Harlem I'm, niggas I'm get down. I'm just telling you. I'm yeah, just telling you how shit. Sleep. I he like rocked it. him to sleep. I'm gonna tell you how because look, all right. Yeah, he got the info. He got the information out of him. Now, if your man, right, if your man is ready to go to war, and you know that you got some shit where you could like use against the dude he's going to war with, you're not gonna tell him. Of course, you're gonna fucking tell him. Why wouldn't you? Right. Now the whole thing is. Drake need to stop running his mouth. He need to stop thinking that him and Kanye was friends. They was having, wow. they, they had a good relationship at one point in time, but remember, it soured, and then... But it seems like they just made up. That's, yeah, that's more, the thing. Yeah, when you got on more life and all of that. But then your point comes back with the jealousy shit. Because for me, I'm like, I don't know how Kanye could ever be jealous of Drake, but I always say if it wasn't for Kanye, there'd be no Drake. He made it cool to be like a regular guy, and Drake came across as the regular guy. And Drake has said how much he idolized him. Absolutely. 
So in the end, he right. Honestly, yeah. I do. Well, well, I kind of agree with that. Yeah. But that's a snake move. And by the way, I also look at Drake like he's a gullible fool. Later in the week, news about Cardi B's lawsuit with her former manager got us talking about how difficult artist and manager relationships can be to maneuver. All right, so back in March, we got news that Cardi B had signed a management deal with Quality Control, and her former manager, Shaft, was not feeling that. So he's now suing her for $10 million, uh, <coughs> saying that she was engaged in breach of contract. So Cardi um, hit back saying, basically, uh, he deserved to be fired. He was basically skimming money off the top. So we just want to talk about artist and manager relationships. Uh, Wayno, you have a lot of experience. You are an artist manager. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, what? how big of a role does a manager play in an artist's life in 2018? How has it changed over time? And... When you get into situations like this, is there any way to resolve your issues amicably? Just part yeah, ways well, if things aren't working out. Yeah, I mean, well, a manager, that position is like a really thankless position. I mean, you take you take all the credit. You get a lot of credit for all the wins. But when you take losses, like you look that to blame, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and in order to be a manager, you got to have really tough skin. To be a manager is, is not just managing an artist's career. It's like, yeah their therapist, their go-to guy, their friend. You know, you, you, you got to fill a lot of different things in that person's life. You know, it's, it's really management. Like, you're managing their life, not just their career. So that's a tough place. But, I mean, when money is, like, tossed around and... Remember, we had the conversation before with, like, Baby and Wayne, which is a different situation, mm-hmm. but I really felt like a lot of money and a lot of things that was going on they probably didn't know everything when they came into the game and a lot of shit got lost in translation. I think that in in order to like get through things like this, there has to be some sort of transparency because um, I know Cardi's with QC and I don't know, you know, how true this thing is. Like if, if he was, you know, let go because of her allegations, then there's really not much I could say. Right. But real quick, um, there is a, a space where he was the person that supported her when nobody else didn't. So, you know, that that has to be held in court. I don't know what did or didn't yeah. take place. It's like we definitely don't know the details, so we can't speculate too much about it. Just wondering, sort of, once you're already in this relationship, when things are going sour, how much of that is just already determined in the contract? That if things end, this is what happens, or how much of it is just sort of emotional and you have to work through it on a case-by-case basis? And, and what I was trying to add is that I spoke to the... Like the because I ran the story mm-hmm. and I was like, shit, this is kind of fucked up. If you're a manager stealing, that's that's bad. Mm-hmm. And some people from I guess like the manager side reached out and was like, hey, listen, no, there's the other side. Like there wasn't still enough money. There was the it, it, and they had a whole list of things in their um, side to say, listen, pretty much we helped her get on. We did every single thing, and she got to the level that she's at, and. She saw opportunities or greener pastures that didn't involve us. Mm-hmm. And she was just said, all right, bye. It's over. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, according to the contracts, that's not how it goes. Yeah, we're, 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 owed a, we're owed a few things mm-hmm. afterwards. Even if you say, we don't want your services anymore. And that's what we're trying to fight for. So it might be two sides here. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the tough thing is that everybody's in love when there's no money. You know, when money money does change, like money changes things for everybody. It's not always a bad thing. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times money sharpens people up. A lot of time money leads people astray and people feel more powerful when they have money. So um, ultimately you have like sunset clauses, right? So if a, if a manager gets fired, 
in the contract. And I don't know if he had one in there, but it could be like, okay, I was getting 20%. Next year, I get 15. Next year, I get 10. Next year after that, I get five. And then we're done. But you can't just like stop it just because that's how you feel. Got it. You know, but it's a lot of different contracts and a lot of them are on a case by case basis. But I mean, ultimately, a lot of these things could be solved with conversations, but it's, it's, it's hard to have conversations when people get led astray. You know? So, well, question for me to you, like, being a manager to multiple artists, right, and also probably interacting with other managers, mm-hmm. what's more normal? Uh, a managerial relationship or even contractual relationship where it's like, when we're done, we're done? Or it's more like a sunset thing? Because if that's what it is, I could imagine that that this particular shaft, mm-hmm. he's looking at like, damn, you just got, you just did a Super Bowl commercial? <laughs> you just signed what deal? I man, I, I, just, I just need five off this. Yeah, Screw yeah, it. Yeah. Let's get my money up. Well, I, it depends. I think like, um, sometimes, like sometimes everything don't got to be held to the contract. Like a, a lot of these people, majority of the people that's in music come from poverty. Like a lot of people in hip hop come from poverty and they, t- they make nothing into something. And I feel like, even times where there's a contract in place, sometimes we just got to be real with one another. Like, well, if we didn't have nothing, then it should be nothing for me to give you something. But you got to, it, it takes a lot to be selfless in that space because you get to a point where you're just playing with house money. Like, you, you get to a point where money's coming in from every, any and everywhere. And the thing is, is just being an honorable person at the end of the day. That's the biggest thing. It, is there not is, saying that Cardi isn't? I'm not speaking specifically no, no, Cardi. No, no, no. Well, I'm just like, talking about in general, right? Okay, so say you're managing me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and say I'm kind of blowing up, but I'm kind of thinking, man, Wayno ain't really doing. And, and it could be just a matter of opinion. Yeah, Wayno ain't the one really doing stuff to make me blow up. It's just other things or whatever. Right, man, he's not doing his job. Off that, I should. Just get rid of you, right? Like, so no matter what contract is, it, it, is are there contexts where you're saying you're not fulfilling your responsibility, you're not yeah. doing nothing? At the end of the day, that shit, your opinion don't matter. Yeah. That's why it's an agreement. Yeah. See, the thing is, is like, you know, when we sign up for regular jobs, like any type of regular job, we sign all this paperwork without having a lawyer there. Right. Because it's just a job. It's like, yo, I got this job. It's $20 an hour. I'm signing whatever so I can get that fee. But you don't know that you waiving a lot of rights within that. Since Wayno has had so much previous experience managing artists, academics and I wanted to press him a little bit further about finding the right dynamic if you're a new artist. So Wayno, you're a brand new artist. You're about to sign your very first deal. How do you even go about finding the right manager for you? Well, I mean, deals, it, it depends because like music is so different. Before, like you could just bring a person into the office, let them rap for like five minutes and they would get a deal. Now it's more predicated on like, do they have a single? Do they have a project? Are they buzzing? So I would say like, initially, if you're gonna get a manager, just look for somebody that can do everything that you can't do for yourself. That that's my my always my sales pitch to an artist. When they say like, you know, what do you want to like? How do you want to work with me? I'm like, listen, let me do a few things for you that you can't do for yourself, and you know, let's take it from there. If I can't do stuff for you that you can't already that you're not already doing, then what's the point of me even managing you? You don't need to be paying me. But if I can put you in a position where we're growing your brand and growing your fan base and you know generating dollars, then why not? So if you're coming from a, a background where a lot of your friends aren't industry people, you don't necessarily have those connections off the bat. What are the first steps you would even take? Does a label help recommend people to you? Like, how do you like literally find well, the person? It's kind of like 
a lot of people would like their friends to work with them and a lot of people put their friends in position to work with them. But what I would say is I've seen a lot of entourages and a lot of friends and they don't ask questions. I mean, if, if you get into a label and you're around these execs, you sh it, it, while you're at dinner, while you're at the video shoot, you should be asking questions. You should be asking, can I come around from time to time? Can I just learn? Because th that will eventually help you. And if you don't, and a label sees that you're not on it, they're gonna pitch one of their homies that used to manage their last artist or artist they worked with before to work with them. So I think um, like if you're a, a new guy and you wanna get into management, you just gotta do like your due diligence, like I was saying the other day. Like you gotta um, just, you know, it's, it's a lot of things you can read, it's a lot of things you can watch. Me, I learned on the job, so like I had to get, keep getting metaphorically punched in my face to learn when to duck. You know, um, I, I made some mistakes, but I learned how to correct my mistakes and I learned from them. And I don't take this shit personal, it's business. So I think, you know, when you understand some of these things, they kind of help you out. Well, at least a lot of artists I know coming up, the first thing they're gonna say is that a nigga getting 20% of my money, why? Right. How do you even validate to an artist if you're a manager, right? Like. You should, like, I deserve this portion of right. the earnings and you should have a manager. Because a lot of people are like, yo, my nigga, I could respond to emails and shit, I got a booking, booking email in my bio and right. shit, I could just just put him, put up a post saying, anybody want to book me, hit this this joint. Right. That That's management. Why do I need to pay somebody else for that? Well, somewhat, because, I mean, an artist, for an artist, that's very overwhelming. Because you got to stay creative, right? And everybody isn't going to be a businessman slash artist. When you're trying to think of, you know, making new records or doing photo shoots and all these other things, it's hard to answer emails. And yeah, that's cool when you're doing it and you're not at the pro level, right? But then when things start taking off, yeah, you can have a booking email in. But how about we go get you a booking agent? Um, How about we... we, we uh get you a business manager, all these different things so that we have a team of people that facilitate these, these um, opportunities for us. Now, when it comes to the 20%, if a person is your manager and they're getting up every day, right? They get, and I tell artists this all the time, like if I'm getting up every day and morning, noon and night, I'm not just answering calls. I, I am answering calls, but I'm answering emails and then I'm out in the field facilitating potential opportunities. If you paid me an hourly rate, it would be way more than 20%. So the thing is, is that I don't get paid for everything I do. That's why I get a per, I pay the percentage because management is eat what you kill. I gotta go out and hunt in order to get paid. So while you out chilling with your homies and you doing videos and you spending money and having fun, I'm the one that has to run around and get us business to run the business. You know, so that's kind of how you legitimize your, your earnings. And it doesn't always have to be 20%. Like for me, for myself, if Drake called me right now and said, yo, Wayno, I got 5% for you, I'm jumping on that. Cause you know what 5% of Drake's business is? That's a whole lot of money. You know, so um, I think it's all a case by case basis based on the manager, based on the artist, and based on the vision. Because a lot of, a lot of uh, artists, they have music, but they don't have vision. And when you have an artist that's creative, that has vision, that also has connections, um, that can lead to opportunities, that's the best position to be in, rather be, saying I'm signed to this label, I got this record out, and I don't even know how to get an interview, or I gotta depend on the label's radio department to take me up to any of these radio stations, et cetera. <clears throat> you, you know, I think it's hard for like independent managers now, 
because you see there's so many like for example qc mm-hmm. huge label so much power leverage they got biggest stars they have solid foundations so if you want to be somewhat involved in their business you you won't try to get managed by them right right uh Push a T, managed by Steven Victor. Right. Like, like a lot of people, they're managed by very powerful people. If 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 I'm a, I'm I'm a new manager. Mm-hmm. How how could I even compete with those type of people, right? Like, mm-hmm. how could I really start developing a, a a brand and a reputation when the people who are already established, mm-hmm. they have other artists or so much connections where it's just overwhelming that it would be a no brainer for artists to choose that person over me. Well, I say one of the biggest things, the word I use is adaptation, right? It's like a duck taking the water. They fly, but when they get in there, they can swim. You got to learn how to swim. And like for myself, I didn't know anything about management. I was actually scared to do management because I didn't want like somebody's career being in my hands. So what I did was, um, fortunately enough, I had a lot of peers in the game. And it was a point in time where I didn't know a Steven Victor, but... Fortunately, I got a chance to be around him and just soak up game and just meet other people. And the thing about it is when, when someone really sees you striving and you're, you're making yourself available for whatever it is. I mean, I've gotten calls from people like emails from four in the morning, like, yo, meet me at seven. And then I hit them right back 445 and then they don't um, respond. And I never take it personal. I'm just like, yo. Keep striving, keep pushing. So I say in order to put yourself in contention with all the other bigger guys, you just got to work. You got to get in the game. And it's no different than any sport. You know, you, you won't know until you try. But you got to give yourself a, 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 a position of getting in the game and making some mistakes, learning from them, assessing them, and then building from there. Be dedicated, learn, keep pushing. Right. And keep moving. Thank you, Reno. That's our show for this week, guys. Thank you for tuning into the Everyday Struggle podcast. We'll catch you here every Friday. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.